This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, Redskins Nation? This is Josh Taylor and Parker Hamlet. And you're listening to the Burgundy Breakdown Podcast. What's up, Redskins Nation? This is Josh Taylor on the Burgundy Breakdown Podcast. Back to talk about the Mud Bowl that happened at FedEx Field Sunday afternoon. Uh, it was a rainy game. Uh, we had the undefeated 5-0 49ers coming in to take on the 1-5 Redskins. And uh, Parker, it was a messy game. Yeah, <laughs> Did you get a good bit watching it? Uh, oh, I was at work most of the day. I got to catch a glimpse here and there uh, when I woke up. Um, it, dude, my front yard was, it was a monsoon. It took forever for me to get to work. And all I could think of was how, I mean, everybody knows, you know, the history of FedEx and how bad it is in general. So for it to be, you know, soaked in a mini hurricane didn't help the circumstances at all. So all I was thinking of was FedEx on the way to work. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this, this might actually help our chances of winning the game. Then I remembered, you know, <laughs> we can't pass the ball. So it doesn't really help much either. But, um, yeah, no, uh, like you said, the mud bowl is definitely man. the best way to depict the game. For sure, yeah, I, that's that's the one thing I thought about. Like we have a historically terrible field, and it's getting worse. So like, I was, in my head, I was like, all right, this is gonna look like some like redneck mud and festival four wheelers, just uh, a mess going. Oh on. yeah, I'm sure Bill Callahan was licking his chomps because you know he doesn't know what passing is. So, but um, I mean, like like you know, it's well documented. When RG three got hurt, a lot of people blame the turf. Um, Ed Reed and a bunch of other players around the NFL have kind of spoke up. And, you know, players in the league amongst themselves know how much of a joke FedEx Field is. I mean, you know, not only are fans hardly showing up, they've hardly put any revenue or effort into the, in the stadium as it is. So it, it, it's well documented. So it, yeah. the, the stadium was rough. I mean, the 49ers fans everywhere. Um, you know, the field was just, I mean, just almost practically underwater <clears throat> going into the game. Yeah, no, there was a ton of 49er fans. Um, which is surprising because literally they're on the other side of, of the United States, but they have a large fan base, a uh, very historic team. You know, they have a large fan base. It's honestly one of my favorite fan bases outside of the Redskins. Oh, absolutely. very loyal, very classy. Always just been a great fan base uh, to be proud of. Speaking, um, speaking, speaking of a pretty cool fan base with some pretty cool fans. You actually had a cool little project you uh, did during the week this week. Why don't you tell everybody about that? I'm interested. Yeah, so we actually um, had a 49er podcast reach out to us, the guys over at 4th and Gold. Um, they just wanted to have us on and talk about the Redskins and 49er matchup. And, yeah, like I said, just a great fan base. One of the guys actually lives in Maryland, so he was going to the game. So he was one of the guys being louder than the Redskins fans. And uh, so we, we had to talk about the game coming up. And to me, the what I got out of it is that, you know, Kyle Shanahan loves running the ball. So their main thing coming into this game was running the ball and just kind of setting up the offense around that. You know, no one knew how bad this rain was going to be. Nobody. But, it, was, it was very unprecedented. That was yeah. that. No one was talking about this going into the game. Everybody, including myself and Josh, expected this to be a pretty high scoring game for the 49ers. So the weather definitely was a huge impact. And you like I'll say later on, you know, don't let this fool you. I mean, you know. If this game was on an even playing field, good, you know, good, good turf, you know, none of that stuff, all that stuff aside, I feel like it would have gone a lot different. But that was certainly a, a huge factor in the game. And you speak of Kyle Shanahan, who was asked earlier in the week about the game and, you know, reporters, you know, as everybody knows about his history in Washington with him and Mike. Um, they asked him, uh, you know, what was your uh, favorite part about being in D.C.? And, you know, they kind of said. I think he hinted towards, uh, you know, playing with good coaches and, you know, coaching with my dad and, you know, everybody I worked with was great. And they asked him what was bad. He said everything else. So Kyle Shanahan going in this game had a had a vendetta and, and, and wanted to put as many points up on the Redskins as possible. So, yeah, that's I mean, one thing that they were saying is the same thing they want. They thought that Kyle would want to just mollywop the Redskins, you know, put his <laughs> foot on the gas and just give it to us. Um and like I said, honestly, I predicted 31-13 on their podcast. 
and they said that sounded about right, honestly. That was before the rain and everything. And like I said, if, if it was a sunny day, it'd probably been a lot worse. The The weather definitely was in favor of the Redskins and most certainly Bill Callahan. Someone said that he was literally born for this exact game, just old-fashioned, like in the snow, in the rain, like bad weather, just running the smash, ball. The game. Smash mouth, old-school football. And, you know, you like you said, they were, they were going to put a lot of points up. I mean, they went into this game without, you know, Debo Samuel, um, Kyle Juszczyk, who I've been hyping up for weeks, uh, yeah. Joe Staley, um, you know, Redskins had some key inactives with Josh Norman, Chris Thompson, Wes Martin, DeShazer Everett, Josh Harvey Clemens, Cole McCoy, Vernon Davis. So, I mean, you know, the 49ers didn't have all their weapons in their arsenal, but, you know, I, with Shanahan being at the helm and Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, being the starting quarterback after, you know, getting injured last year, you know, it, it was – it looked like it was going to be a gun show. You know, they were just going to come in and just drop 30 on us just by default, especially with how our defense has been performing up to this point. And, you know, this was a homecoming game for the Redskins. Uh, well, what are your thoughts on those uniforms, Josh? <laughs> so it seems to be a very controversial topic amongst Redskins fans. And we don't think we've ever actually talked about this. So I like the uniforms. My only my only uh, thing that I don't like about it is the helmet color. It just looks like a giant plum. Like, it doesn't really match. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't match anything else of the uniform. Like the- yeah, and I think the face mask doesn't match. Like, it it's like, I want to know who did the color scheme for it. I mean, I understand what they were going with when I first saw it, but you know, I mean, I don't hate the uniforms, but at the same time, I mean, just the, if you're, if you're a very OCD person, when it comes to color coordination, that, that that gives you a headache. Yeah. This, I mean, this might be as bad as the uh, Packers giant circle. uh, Oh God, those are hideous. Don't compare them to those. Oh my goodness. Those are probably the worst. Like that ugly, muddy, like green and gold. And it just has a giant circle. That's yeah, that that's pretty cringy. But I think these ones came from like where the first uniforms Redskins had at like when they moved from Boston. That might not be right, but I'm pretty sure it's what it's from. So I thought, I mean, I always like a good throwback. I mean, one thing that I know the fan base loves is like the '90s uh, throwback uniforms, like that bright yellow with the R logo. That's probably one of my favorites. I know you saw oh, the yeah. video of RG three. Um, in those uniforms not too long ago. And everybody loves those. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because, you know, with those throwback uniforms, uh, we actually have a – I don't know the exact number. I didn't do the homework on that. But um, the Redskins historically have a pretty good winning percentage when they wear the throwback uniforms. I mean, you know, that, that was the – I think they were wearing those when they donned the – you like that game with Cousins. And yep. like RG3 wore them when they, you know, performed pretty well. So, they're good luck uniforms, quite frankly. <laughs> I think the Dare Young three touchdown game was in the throwback. Oh, God, I missed that guy so much. Yeah, dude, that was so much. Those are good games. Yeah, I loved them, man. So, like I said, going into the game, you know, Kyle Shanahan was dying to, you know, get his hands on us. And, you know, he was going to kick us while we we're down, quite coincidentally, you know. Like you said, man, I know you talked to those guys over there on, their, on the podcast and, uh, Coming into the game, you know, the 49ers, you know, which is all their draft capital, they built up so much stock, man. I mean, once Jimmy G was hurt, they got a pretty high-round draft pick. Got Nick Bosa. Um, they already drafted DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas, Rick Armstead. Ask Baker Mayfield who those guys are. He knows them pretty well now. Yeah. Um, you got, you got, <laughs> you got Richard Sherman coming into his second season with them. So, you know, they're undefeated. Um, speaking of Baker Mayfield, um, just a good little tie-in right there. Uh you can, care to talk about the uh ineptitude of Bruce Allen up to this point I mean it blows my mind man we we first reported the other night that uh the Washington Redskins were in trade talks with the uh Cleveland Browns involving uh Trent Williams David Njoku draft picks all this other noise but I'll I'll let the man of the hour the guy who uh broke the news himself and guys got his sources tell you guys a little bit more about that yeah, so I mean, like, I I was texting you like Twitter. I was, was at work. I got crazy. off, dude. And I was like, oh my god! I was so excited. I mean, I, I know it's too early. I'm not. First, but... I'm not gonna lie. Literally, I think when I texted you, I had like 200 plus Twitter notifications. It was insane. But I was seeing a lot. I have a buddy, uh, Grant. Shout out to Grant. He does a um Cleveland podcast oh, for the Browns called the uh, Cleveland Surge. Awesome guy. Uh, but he's he's pretty tight with the team, uh, especially like media. And I kind of saw him tweeting about it, and I asked him about it. And he's like, "Dude, it really does look like this trade's going to go down." He had a lot of great sources, um, so you know, it's something that I was like, "I'm running with it. I trust this guy." So I tweeted it out that we were interested in trading Trent Williams for uh, David Njoku, a first, and possibly like a third, fourth round pick. That last part was kind of blurry. I think that's what like held up the trade talks. Um, 
and everyone's like, oh, I don't believe it. I don't know. I heard so much feedback. I heard a lot of, I don't want that trade. I heard people like David. A lot of people hated him. I mean, people before saying, I go well, any further with it, my IR. question for you is, is what do you think of the trade, of, of what was proposed? Dude, I would take that all day. David Njoku, I know he's on the IR. People say you can't trade that. I came back and said, yes, we can, because of last year, John Elway had it overturned because they tried trading a player in IR. But anyways, you can trade a player in IR, end of the day. But I love it. He's young. He's like 23. He had a really good season for them last year in a stale offense. I know he's a little banged up. He had a little minor wrist surgery, but still high So much upside. upside for the Browns. You know, wrist injury, it sucks. But, you know, everybody knows the Redskins and Jordan Reed situation. We are in desperate need of a freaking tight end, man. And when you told me your sources told you about, you know, the – the trade that was possibly happening, I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, we'd acquire a, a young tight end with huge upside out of Miami. You know, he's, he's familiarized himself with the NFL. You know, he knows how to play, man. He's shown he can play, you know. And, you know, we'd also acquire a first-round draft pick, and that's huge after losing our second-rounder for Montez Sweat next year, who's been, quite frankly, just underperforming. Um, and, you know, like, yeah. it, just for that alone, I thought the trade was worth it just for that. You know, I, I told you it was a no-brainer. I mean, it wasn't even a, a debate. You know, we both agreed that it was in the in the best interest for the team. You know, we'd, we'd have plenty of draft picks. We know we're going to have a high-round draft pick this year. You know, we, that would put us in a situation to possibly, you know, trade back if, if we wanted to or have two first-round draft picks and, you know, get two guys that can help the Redskins in the future since, you know, this is going to be a huge offseason for us, you know. So think about this. Think about this. This is something we talked about on the phone for a little bit. So say naturally on our own, just by sucking and losing games, we're probably going to have top a five, no first or fourth, for sure, no question about it. With the Browns, I see them finishing with like the eighth pick, maybe between like eight, twelve. It depends. I mean, it's still a lot of games to be played, but we'll just say eight through like Absolutely. eleven or twelve. We could possibly, not saying we would, we could possibly trade our pick back for other first round picks. Something that the Bears did when they moved up and got Trubisky. Especially with guys like Tua. Yeah, true. Lawrence, they, yeah, yeah, they got Trubisky and they also passed on Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson in the same draft. Yeah. R.I.P. Regretting yeah. that. <laughs> but say we trade back, we can get extra picks. We could possibly have three first-round picks this year, and the earliest being, like, say, eight. And there's still a lot of great players there. So we could have, like, eight, maybe a late first round, maybe some for next year, maybe even some extra second rounds this year. So getting getting that trade with the Browns done was huge for me. And I, I said, this is a no-brainer. We need to do this because we'll have two first-round picks. It gives us the flexibility, depending on where we are and where we finish, to trade back and still have early yeah, first-round Yeah, and, and not only that, but, I mean, up to this point, you know, we'd gotten trade offers from the Texans. It was straight up Jadavion for Trent uh, reportedly. It was also – we got offered a first-round draft pick for, um, for Trent from the uh, New England Patriots. We said no. So Bruce, you know – had been avoiding it up to this point. And this is definitely the best trade offer we were presented with to date. Oh, hands yeah. down. But Bruce Allen being Bruce Allen and his goofy ass. You want to even say it? I, it disgusts me to even say what happened. So, so people said, you know, they're coming at me for obvious reasons, you know, saying, oh, that's not true. The trade's not going to happen. I'll believe it when I see it, blah, blah, blah. So on. I get you. I agree. I'm doing the same with. People saying two is hurt for the rest of the season right oh, now. It's all smoke. You never know a sports people. media. All smoke. But Dorsey himself, the GM for the Browns. The next day, the guys. If you guys think we don't know day. what we're talking about, we don't have sources. The next day. It was like clockwork. The next day. And he said it is absolutely 100% true. We had multiple conversations, multiple offers. And he said, but at the end of the day, it takes two to tango. Absolutely. That says Bruce Allen was not willing to take his head out of his, you know what, and put the ego and his pride to the side, take the loss on Trent, and really help oh, build this team and make of make him I mean, we're, we're used to this by now. And, 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 you know, something that I hadn't gotten a chance to tell you yet is, you know, I've, I've talked to some people, you know, I'm not going to drop any names, but um, they said that uh, Allen and Dorsey have, have had these conversations. This wasn't just a, you know – in the, you know, heat of the moment, you know, drop of a pin kind of thing, you know, they, they'd been having these conversations and then it was more so like Bruce Allen had been breadcrumbing him, you know, talking to him enough to kind of keep the conver- keep the fire going, but not completely put it out. But, you know, Bruce has let everybody know the media and everybody that he has no intentions on trading Trent, but, you know, 
everybody knows that Bruce Allen isn't worried about what's good for the Washington Redskins. He's worried about selling tickets. And now that's going downhill, you know, he's, he, he's kind of, you know, against the ropes. The media is taking shots at him every chance they get, man. And, you know, the, to, to, for us as fans to hear that we were offered a Jordan Reed insurance policy and a first-round draft pick for a guy that's never going to take another snap for us, you know, of course we're going to jump all over that and say it's a great trade. I mean, if you didn't think that was a good trade, I don't think you're really considering the logistics of the Trent Williams situation. You know, he's, he's not going to play this year, guys. I, I don't know whether people still really think that's a possibility or not. I mean, it – you know, sources close to him, you know, like Adrian Peterson and, you know, other guys that, you know, are really close to Trent know that he's not coming back. I mean, this isn't a debate anymore. This isn't a waiting game anymore. I mean, the trade deadline's about to hit. We're getting offered first-round talent and first-round picks for the guy. And, you know, there's no secret, man. Cleveland needs the help. Baker Mayfield is oh, getting yeah. hit at just a historic rate, you know. People can blame it on his personality, whatever, whatever, whatever they want to go with, whatever narrative they want to craft. But at the end of the day, this this trade makes too much sense for both teams. And, and of course, because it makes too much sense, that's why it won't happen. And, you know, because apparently Bruce Allen wasn't satisfied with the, you know, the overall haul he was getting, even though he was getting a first-round tight end, a first-round draft pick. Apparently, he wanted to throw in guys like Denzel Ward and, and more draft picks, which, I mean, I don't – at a point, at this point with the Trent Williams situation, you should yeah. – Yeah, that's you should just take what you can get, you know, take the high road, you know, and – you know, do, do what you got to do to get him out of D.C. so you can bring in somebody that wants to play and, you know, you can get you can get your value back for him. And, and you know, like you said, man, this should have been as easy as one, two, three, but it just wasn't because, you know, we're the Redskins. Any other GM in the NFL? Oh, no, no question. Trade, we we wouldn't have even been able to break the news. I mean, it would have already been done. So. Yeah. But that's what we deal with um, as – you know, not only just fans, but someone trying to bring y'all content. It's it's something that's frustrating. Is something a, a huge trade could have been done, and our team could have gotten better, but instead our GM decided to decline. But anyways, so um, heading to that, we have we'll go back to the 49ers. We just wanted to break that down for y'all because that was potentially a huge game changing momentum going into this game. I mean, anything could have happened with that, but. Hopefully we trade him in January. He said he's holding out until January for the trade. Oh yeah, and you know they're saying that you know it's there's really no a lot of the way a lot of people are phrasing it is that you know around the league or like you know there's no point trading. There's no difference between trading him now and in January. It's a couple months difference. I mean the the money the money there's not a big difference there either. So the Redskins are going to make some back, you know. But you know I'm I'm, whatever makes Trent happy. But at the end of the day, I'm worried about you know what's best for the Washington Redskins and. Up to this point, you know, that was definitely the best compensation we could have possibly gotten for a player of the caliber of Trent Williams. He would have went somewhere, you know. And, and right after Josh was told about this, he follows Baker and, and OBJ on uh, Instagram, guys. So, I mean, you know, it, it just looked like the stars were aligned and, you know, we were finally going to get our answer for the Trent Williams debacle. But like everything in Ashburn, you know, the dysfunction continues. But, you know, talk, talking about things trending in the right direction, apparently uh, – we had Bill Callahan come out this week and said that Dwayne Haskins, even though he has not been named the starter, he was named the definitive number two when Callahan got the job. And uh, Callahan came out this week and said that Dwayne Haskins is actually making a lot of progress in practice. You know, he's had a lot of reps with the ones, one-on-one drills. Um, you know, we got guys that was uh, – guys might uh, – you know, Darius guys who was hurt earlier week one this year, you know, got injured last year in the preseason, came back, had a pretty solid performance week one, looked like he was going to, you know, take the workload for the team, and, you know, he got injured as well. You said his time frame was, what, week 11 in his return? Yeah, I think that's the Jets game, but he said on Twitter to a fan that he was going to be coming back soon, and then Callahan said today in the interview that he expects him to be back by yeah, week absolutely. 11. And that, that's great news. You know, we got Bill Callahan, head coach. So it looks like guys are going to get plenty of reps and be able to get better and hopefully stay healthy for everybody's sake. We hope that's the case. So, uh, you know, we got the 49ers coming off of a huge win against the Rams. We got the Redskins <laughs> coming off that one in <laughs> – that <laughs> – one in a million drop screen pass win against the freaking Dolphins that we covered last week. You guys can check that out. It's the Tank Bowl episode. Um, but, you know, like I said, going into this game, we definitely weren't the favorites. Messy game. Um, uh, already delved into the inactives, so we, we're, we're going to go straight into the game. We started off pretty strong, you know. AP, you know, got plenty of carries. Um, actually, seven consecutive carries at the beginning uh then we had Wendell Smallwood who's filling in for Chris Thompson you know got a couple looks got some got a couple catches made some big plays in open field you know got some you know got some action with Steve Sims as well you know some end around some pitches got got some cool stuff with him but you know I I don't know how much I can more I can say about the offense of either team in the first half because the final score at the end of the first half was zero to zero (laughs) 
Yeah, we just basically had a lot. We had a good chance first drive, like I said, just running the ball. AP looked good. Everything seemed fine. And then once again, just not being able to finish drives, not being able to get points. Absolutely. You know, we drove down the field opening drive, and AP was cutting, man. I mean, he he was going off. And like I said, Wendell playing well. You know, the, the, the offense looked pretty solid to, due to the weather conditions they were playing in. And, you know, they drive all the way down the field. And what, what, what would be probably our best drive of the game ended with a uh, missed field goal. You know, 49ers kind of returned the favor and, you know, also missed a field goal. That's pretty, that's pretty much the summary of the first half. Both teams driving as hard as they can and coming up empty. Robbie Gould missed a couple. Hopkins missed a couple. Uh, this look, almost looked like they were playing at Water Country USA almost the entire game. Um, <laughs> it's like a D-Day game, just battle yeah, on the Yeah, they were – everybody was sliding. There was actually a pretty cool uh, – Pretty cool play where uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo took a snap and gun shotgun and uh, rolled out to the right towards the sideline and ended up getting rid of the ball in third and seven. And uh, Matthew Ionitis actually went to sack him. And <laughs> I swear he slid 10 yards. <laughs> I mean, it was almost yeah. like the, just the physics of it made almost no sense at all. I mean, he slid almost all the way to the freaking Gatorade coolers, man. It was nuts. But uh, all that weight. Yeah, man. But Kerrigan and company got plenty of pressure on them the first half because, you know, I mean, both teams really had no choice but to you know, run the football for the most part. I mean, we we certainly didn't pass the football, but the 49ers kind of got some action going early with, you know, because everybody knows that uh, George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo got some pretty good chemistry. So they were definitely a lot more successful at throwing the ball uh, than we were, that's for sure. So, but, um, you know, with, right before halftime, looked like we were actually going to score some points. Um, AP and the uh, company – had a, I think it was either a fourth and one, fourth and inches, and it was kind of a controversial call, but Callahan kept the offense on the field. And AP, I don't, I don't know whether he thought he was a Sean McCoy or something, tried to cut to the outside. He's supposed to be Mr. North North to South runner. Um, gets stuffed. So, you know, the only the only points we could have got for halftime shut down right there. A little interesting snippet I saw from NBC Washington and Pete Haley. Uh, he uh, said that in the NFL, it's a, this is a real statistic, 90% of the time when teams go for uh, quarterback sneaks on fourth and short, they get them. And, you know, I, it, it, it kind of blew my mind to see, you know, Callahan, I mean, you know, balls of steel, props to him, but, you know, to l- let us get stuff like that, you know, not take the safe route and get the first down, especially after how much, you know, we struggled to move the ball on offense. Yeah, I mean, we saw what Case did last time he had a QB oh, sneak, no, PGMT. Still... No, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was like that was I like retract everything I that just said. That well, but still no. And that's one thing I was listening to Redskins talk podcast, and they said the same thing. It doesn't matter. You still try it, even though Case Keenum just like threw the ball up over the line, pretty much in a gifted fumble. Last time he tried it, you still do it because of the the chances of that you pick it I mean, up. Brady, just literally. Brady. See, Brady. I'm not saying Case Keenum's Tom Brady, Brady, but I mean, like you know, he's got a pretty big build. I mean, you, you go for that, and you know, Bill Callahan wants to come in with his you know philosophy he's had since eight eons ago. You know, he should want to do the fundamentally sound things like you know rush with a quarterback on probably the most probable situation you could get. Like you said, man, there's some things you just do even if it isn't probable. You do it, or at least. I mean, if you're going to run the ball, honestly, I'm a fullback dive kind of guy. Especially since especially we just Madden. signed one. <laughs> Literally. Yes. It's muddy. It's terrible. I get it. You want to give it off to AP. But if you run the ball, I mean, don't don't be shifty no. like that. 95% of the time, I'm calling a QB sneak. You don't even 3% think about of the time, it. I'm you don't even think about dive. it. You know, like exactly. I said, the first, the first no. half was field goal shank fest. So, we're going into the second half, 0-0. I mean, you know, like I said, I was able to – catch a glimpse of the game here at work and you know i was like man um, it doesn't really look like i'm missing much and i actually i think the highlight video for this was like it wasn't even 10 minutes on on youtube i, I think i checked it out last night i mean it wasn't even 10 minutes and you know one of the top comments was hey props to you guys for even finding 10 minutes of highlights for a game that ended nine <laughs> <laughs> the halftime show's got to be in it it's probably the only part but no i honestly i was on the way back from alabama this weekend i just listened to the whole game on uh serious radio and I mean, honestly, like you said, just listening to it was probably the same as watching yeah. it. Nothing exciting It happened at all. You know, everyone was saying it was a snooze fest and how fast the game was going. I couldn't Yeah, I mean, the 49ers, who, like I said, this year have been a fantastic offense. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is 13-2 as yeah. a starter going into this game. You know, they, they got Matt Brietta, Debo Samuel, rookie, huge performances. He's given a couple of those this year. You know, Dante Pettis finally coming around. You know, I've already spoken about George Kittle. You know, they're an explosive offense, man, and, and Kyle Shanahan knows where to put his guys. I mean, I've said that 
weeks going into this game. But, you know, going into the half, man, the, the, that field was just – it was completely detrimental to either team having a successful, you know, day on offense, that's for sure. So, coming out of this uh, first half, you know, 0-0, zero to zero, Monte Nicholson gets hurt. You know, he's still hurt today, again, a walking boot. Um, and then we have probably the most bizarre play or just – biz- Mind-blowing. <laughs> I don't think anybody in their right mind thought that Troy Ab- – Troy Apke would even be in a position to get an interception in this game at all. But I was like, I was literally astonished. I, I was like, are you sure it was him? Like, it's not just like a. It was the like, first you know, time I've seen a corner muddy. get safety help in a, red, in, a, in a Redskins game since like 2011. Like, it blew my mind to actually see a safety help a corner out because Dunbar got torched by Dante Pettis. And yeah. Dunbar's having a good year. And, you know, I mean, Coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, definitely if it wasn't for Apke in that instance, I, that definitely would have been a house call for sure. No, that was a great play. I mean, he came out of nowhere. It was a great catch. Good job. Oh, yeah, showcase that track speed, man. That's a, big guy. That's a big reason the Redskins draft him, man. You know, really fast kid out of Penn State, you know. Great athlete. Yeah. So, um, you know, then we finally, you know, start moving the ball. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle gets a big catch. Trey Quinn gets his little, you know, I guess Instagram highlight with him sliding with his catch. So then, you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Instagram I want to uh, give me the ball, coach. Mr. Give me the ball, coach. AP fumbles the ball, you know, after our probably only other drive worth noting in this at all since the beginning of the game. Um, Ke- Kendrick Bourne or Kedrick Bourne, never heard of the guy to this game. Not going to lie to you folks. You know, I don't do this for a living, but, um, you know, Kedrick Bourne, probably the biggest reception of the game gets them inside the three. Um, they got a field goal early in the third as well. You know, we're in the fourth quarter. Uh, they, they kick another field goal, make it 6 nothing. Um, you know, then we I, – I, you know, it was such a bizarre ensemble of plays that we ran on our last drive that I honestly couldn't even, like, process it. Like, I think we tried running, like, a like a quick pitch to Stevie Sims like we did earlier in the game. And, uh, dude, I mean, the, the offense was just a complete I, – I, I can't say what I want to say, but I'm going to try to paraphrase it. It was – it was, it was just a complete disaster. I mean, just to put it like that. I mean, we could not get the ball past the 50. And when we did, something always happened. And I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to get empathy or anything. But, I mean, all I'm saying is, is that we just when – it, when it came to us getting any form of points in this game, we, we fell apart at the worst possible moment. You know, the AP fumble, Case could hardly get the ball. Case didn't even have 100 passing yards, for God's sake. I mean, this, this is a guy it, who has played in the NFL, had a great season with Minnesota, you know. I mean, came over here, you know, played decent, not great in Denver. You know, this is a guy who's played in these kind of games before, man, with bad weather, and he looked lost. I mean, completely lost. One thing that I said on the 49er podcast, I said the big thing of this game that you will realize, I know 49er fans, y'all haven't seen Redskins You're not games. missing anything. The one thing <laughs> – no. The one thing you're going to realize is that quarterback play is going to limit our offense. We do not get points off of turnovers, and we we can't – we don't score for a reason. And first half, defense played great on both sides. It was sloppy. Second half, Jimmy Garoppolo found ways exactly. to that move a, the ball. A, you yeah. won't see touchdowns, but big plays that set them that up to score. Point. I don't care. Field goals are points. They won by exactly. field goals. We lost by fumbles and not being able to make plays yeah, downfield. Exactly. And you know this. And they still ran the ball exactly times. like they mixed it up, man. And, and they were and they threw the ball even though it was hard and it wasn't easy. You know, they they, they found ways to move the ball. And uh, you know, I mean, that was expected of them because how good they are. But you know, at the same time, you know, it was not probable. It, it these were not easy circumstances for any offense to you know work in. And you know, like I said, you know, speaking of offense, you know, we had a guy who come to this game and he was fantastic. You know, he's in probably the lead for rookie of the year right now. Terry McLaurin had a very quiet game. And and I'm not putting that on Terry whatsoever. Case Keenum's just ineptitude to be able to deliver the ball to his receivers or let alone anybody in this game was just it was staggeringly bad. I mean he He had two, two targets. targets. One catch for eleven yards. Two targets. Tevin Coleman had two targets for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's like their like what their scat back? Like he's not even like a Terry is like our number one receiver, no question. No, like, and he gets one catch for eleven yards. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The, the, you know, ter- scary Terry, the guy who's bur- burning the NFL up right now. You know. Oh, he doesn't oh, like yeah, score McCord in... or run TMC, whatever yeah. he wants to be called. You know, cool guy. You know, met him. Run TMC. Hey, run, run TMC is pretty cool. That, that just reminds me too much of Chris McCaffrey's game. If we're gonna be honest with ourselves here. Yeah. Scoring. Scoring. Yeah. Scoring. You know we. Terry, yeah, Terry and speaking of Tevin Coleman, 
Uh, he had a huge play right before uh, the end of the game. Set them up field goal range. They they won nine to nothing. Nick Bosa and them right there sliding around like a bunch of little kids. You know, every every game ends with a happy away team at FedEx Field for the last year. And and why why do I say year? You ask because it has been a calendar year since we have won a game at our own stadium. Yep. We might as well just like slap on a sticker of whoever's yeah, coming. Yeah, I mean to it's it's basically just like we're just a hotel for the other team. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, you know, come here. We'll yeah. we'll make it we'll make it feel like home here at FedEx Field. I mean, it, no, honestly, I mean, if you missed it, they're chaining six and zero, like where the concessions are, like for the where the fans can walk around and stuff. At the end of the game, it's just loud, just chaining six and zero, having fun. We saw the Eagles do it to us. I think I, I mean, think tickets to the game just... were as low as like six dollars in certain places. Six dollars in the lower you, you, section. You couldn't have I paid showed... me to go. You couldn't have paid me to go. I, I'm sorry. I I saw a tweet that said you can either go to game one of the World Series by yourself, or you can, or you and like 165 other people can go to the Redskins game Sunday for the same price. That's yeah, terrible. It's, it's... Oh months. my god, I didn't know that. Oh man, that that's a cra- that's a crazy number, man. That's nuts. And, you know, that's bad. I, I have to ask because, you know, this seems to be a pretty hot topic of conversation with Redskins Twitter and just Redskins Nation in general. Um, and I, I'll ask some I'll ask some people in there that this. But um, do you think that Callahan's philosophy is working? I mean, a, AP went 20 for 81 yards. I mean, you know, I, I'm sitting here, you know, criticizing him for his play on uh, his, his turnover and his, uh, you know, failed cutback on fourth and short. But uh, do you really think this is paying off? Do you think making AP just the bell cow back and making him the focal point of the offense, do you think that's paying off for us? I mean, I know we lost, but, I mean, you know, just philosophically and you know, for the state of the Redskins, do you feel like that's the best thing for us to be doing? Well, I'll say there was questionable play calling, but I can't say it's not working because we had every chance to Absolutely. win this game. Absolutely. Um, like you said, two two big things that killed us. One, the rest robbing us on that that fumble that we had because the umpire wasn't in place, AKA doing his job because he's old and slow um, where Jimmy Garoppolo snapped the ball. They ran up the middle and we, we forced a fumble and we recovered it. And they said, Oh, redo the oh, play. But I, we you know, it, as much as we can claim about the referees guys, you think we're just complaining. It, it, it it's, it's, it's very well That's documented that the NFL, terrible. you know, is not a fan of the Washington Redskins. I mean, they're actually printing out uh, memorabilia and stuff on the NFL shop now without the Redskins name on it, just says Washington football. Fun, fun little pack. Yeah, yeah. I terrible. mean, they, they don't like us. They never have. You know, they've they've taken away touchdowns from us that were you know blatant, you know, clear as day touchdowns. And, and, and you know, people are like, oh, you know, that's just an excuse. You know, you guys just suck. Yeah, we do suck, and I'm well aware that we suck. And I'll tell you, we suck before you even get a chance to tell us we suck. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, th- there are just so many instances within the last couple of seasons, man, where the Redskins were in very, very competitive football games, and they were th- their momentum was completely shifted by just one bad call. And you know, you can say that. Oh, well, one one bad call doesn't change the game. You should let it get down to one bad call. Uh, you know, I was one of those people that was just completely shutting down all those crybaby Saints fans last year when they were, you know, whining about that P.I. call. I was like, man, there have been so many instances as Redskins fan where we have just been robbed blind and no one even, you know, said a word about it on, you know, national media at all. And, yeah. No, it happens all around I mean, the league. I'm, and I'm not trying that... to, you know, me and Josh, you know, in no instance trying to say that we're victims, you know, you know, that the Redskins are – are one in six because of that, because that is not the sole reason. And, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, you know, we're a very penalized team. We're very, you know, it, 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 even with Callahan, our offensive line coach, as our head, head, you know, interim coach, we're very, you know, we're not disciplined at all. I mean, we're still getting plenty of penalties, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the penalty battle, we definitely led, we, we led in that category yesterday as well, so. But I will say, you know, like I said, with the, the AP fumble, definitely. Absolutely, backward. I mean, we were. We were only down 3-0. We were moving the ball once again like we did in our first drive. Had every every opportunity to score, fell short. And then the last offensive drive for us where we, we did drive nothing. Down I don't think I, I don't even I remember nothing three about that drive other than the fact that it was a three and out. It, it was three disgusting. Two incompletions and a short run by AP, I believe. And and then San Francisco gets the ball and drives it for six minutes to end the game. So I can't sit here and say Callahan's offense isn't working. 
because one weather this conditions. Is, this is going to be a very play friendly that a offense bit. once Haskin does come in, and they're starting to warm us up to the idea yeah. of him coming in with him getting more reps in practice and stuff, which is great. You know, long term, that's the best thing for the organization. I mean, I'm not uh, completely against his philosophy, but you know, I will say that you know, had had this been on a you know completely dry field and the circumstances hadn't been what they may, you know, his my his his offensive play calling is going to catch up to us in some instances, man. We're going to have to we're going to have to have kind of an air raid kind of thing, man. We're going to have to keep up with other teams, and we're not going to be able to afford to run the ball. And you know, that even Chris. Thompson, everybody coming into, you know, after Jay got fired, they say, you know, that's kind of the reason we weren't able to run the ball much. You know, I'm glad that Bill is trying and, you know, I'm glad AP's having a little bit of a resurgence here, especially after the, you know, bad start of the year he had with Gruden and everything. So like you said, man, I, it's, it's not broken. It, 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 it certainly is. It, it'll keep your head above water, but you know. Yeah. Well, you, you talked about Haskins and I want to go ahead and just wrap up this game. Cause I want to talk oh, about I got that to too. So real quick. Yeah. End of the game notes I got pretty much just recap of the game. Redskins lose the game nine zero in a very winnable game that the weather played Extremely. in our Six favor. Extremely nothing when we got the ball last time. You know, all we had to do was score one yeah. touchdown, kick a, a PAT, and we won against the undefeated 49ers. Yeah. You know, we were given this these horrible, horrible weather conditions that were you know only in our favor. Everybody knew that we were going to run the football. You know, we could have came in, made a statement at home, and you know, had won two games. But you know, of, of course, things don't play like that when your team's as dysfunctional as we are. But go ahead. Yep, so, like I said, uh, offense was limited by QB play. Jimmy G found a way to move the ball down the field, drain the clock, and get field goals. Jimmy G finished 12 for 21, 151 yards. He had that one interception, no touchdowns, but still, the 151 yards, I can't stress how important it was that they moved the ball and, down and, the field. And I'm glad, and, and I'm just got one little thing. I'm going to piggyback off what you just said before we go any further. Go but, ahead, um, yep. Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to climb in the pocket and extend plays and just his mobility in this game was like an X factor. Like it, he was moving around, dodging oh, yeah. our defensive line left and right. And these were guys that were getting him pretty often. You know, he was bobbing and weaving, protecting the ball, getting eight, nine yards of carry when he was running. I mean, it, it extended drives. Like you said, man, you know, the time, position, time of possession, I think, was a seven-minute difference. I think that we had it for around 26 minutes. They had it around 33 minutes, you know, 50-50 down the middle. And, you know, like you said, just their ability to keep drives going and Jimmy to just be able to climb the pocket and be mobile. And, you know, to, to be that bold after coming off his, you know, injury last season was, was in the, in the rain, rain, man. Yeah. You know, the, the not very probable situation for a quarterback to thrive. But, you know, congrats to Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm happy for the 49ers, man. I was glad you could do that pod. Sorry to those guys for not being able to make it. And I was working. But, you know, like I said, man, you know, that was the, that was the big factor in the game, man. That was the reason they were able to move the ball. And Case looked like a deer in the headlights. So, Yep, speaking of Case, um, so yeah, Callahan came out and said that Case is going to be a starter Thursday, so we have the Thursday night game at Minneapolis against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, and before everybody starts flipping out, well, I mean, they already have started flipping <laughs> out, um, but Case is the quarterback, and if you watch the press conference. His actual quote he, was, we still have a lot of faith in Case Keenum and his abilities. I'm pulling the BS card. I don't think he really I mean, I believe that. that about as good as Bill Callahan looked during that press. <laughs> Bill Callahan looked like someone <laughs> threw him like, in the back of a car, <laughs> beat him over the head with something, and then they just came straight to the podium. <laughs> he came straight out of the trunk of a Grand Marquis, got beat up. His yeah, dude, looked he looked like, rough, he, looked, yeah, like he was just ready to, to answer the question and go home and dry off, man. He looked stressed <laughs> out. Dude, that was, that's funny. I was legit thinking that, too. But I don't think he believes that. I think, you know, it's a short week. Haskins, obviously, you're not going to really get a practice this week. You'll have a couple walkthroughs to prepare for the game. That is the worst possible way oh, to yeah. put Haskins If you're, in. If you're putting Haskins saying, in, you have to do it after this. I mean, if if, if Case Keenum yeah. has, a, has a timeline or, you know, a deadline order for him to prove that he's a quarterback of the team, which he's already proven that he's not. I mean, this isn't a – that isn't a secret. But if you've got a deadline in your head, you got to get – you got to at least give Case his chance to redeem himself against Minnesota. That's kind of the whole reason they've kept him at this point. They won't say that, but I think everybody knows that's kind of an underlying thing is that, you know, they want Case Keenum to go and – beat Kirk Cousins, former Washington Redskins quarterback left, signed a huge deal, you know. They want him to beat him in primetime football and, you know, get the Redskins. This is basically our Super Bowl this year, so <laughs> that's that. Yeah, this is not this is not the game for Haskins. No, absolutely. To come in and and that's, saying, it's, it's well, not even a thought that I'm entertaining in my head, but I mean, you know, like you said, people are talking about it and you know, they, and don't let and don't let it be, you know, dismissed folks. This Minnesota team coming in, man, is is damn good. And you know, Zach Brown, you know, former NFL linebacker. Um <laughs> 
you know, said, spoke out, said Kirk Cousins was the weakest link, you know, and then Kirk Cousins comes out and has an absolute day against the Eagles. And, then, you know, then he beats the uh, Detroit Lions in a shootout yesterday. You know, early in the year, man, you know, they, they didn't make the playoffs last year. And then early this year, you know, he was having, you know, issues with his receivers. You know, Stephon Diggs wants to be traded. Adam Thielen's, you know, speaking out against how, you know, they, Dalvin Cook, who's returning from injury, can't carry the load for this team. You know, they're, they're, everybody knows, man, they're talented across the board. Kirk was supposed to come in and be the missing link, you know, kind of put them over the edge and he hasn't done yet. So there's a lot of pressure on Kirk. And, you know, as much as I can't stand Kirk Cousins, you know, he's he over the last couple of weeks, he's definitely performed up to his paycheck. And, you know, I think he's coming into this primetime game, which he also has just awful statistics. And, you know, he he's going to look to, you know, put, run the score up on us, just like Kyle, man, just like Kyle. Yeah, he's coming in hot. Kirk Cousins, he is right now 132 for 189, 1,700 yards. And this is what's most impressive to me, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, taking care of the ball a lot more than he has. So well, he's definitely I mean, on the rise I, right I, now. I hate to be this guy because, you know, Kirk Cousins has proven that he can play in the NFL. Can he win you a Super Bowl, win playoff football? I, I don't think so. Do I think that he's worth the price tag that they've yeah. hit him at? Absolutely not. And do I think – do I think that, oh, no. that their team mm-hmm. after a while is going to start losing key pieces that kind of keep them competitive on defense, you know, when Kirk can't perform? Do I think that's going to start falling apart after a couple more years? Absolutely. You know, I thought it was kind of crazy that they were able to keep Anthony Barr, who pretty much almost jumped ship, went to the Jets. He was another big part of their defense. They got guys like Harrison Smith, you know, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. I mean, they, they've got a very, very, very – start off slow, but very talented defense that, you know, when Kirk and the Kirk company can't really move the ball, that defense gets, you know, opposing offenses off the field quick, you know. And, you know, you know, speaking of defense, you know, we're, we are struggling. It, to me, it's almost a miracle that Minuski, you know, still has a job. I think he was bailed up by the rain this week, you know. If he was on the field against a healthy 49ers defense with no Josh Norman, you know, I feel like that would have – man, that would have been ugly. And, you know, we're, we're still 31st in the league on third down, and, you know. Kirk and them are going to look to run the ball pretty early with Dalvin Cook and set the tone. Oh, man. He's you know, like, been really oh, good. He's fantastic, you know, from Florida State. You know, great running back. Somebody at the Redskins were actually looking at pretty hard that year, but we ended up passing on him. But um, God, if only. only, man. But, you know, and, you know, Adam Thielen had good points when he said that, you know, they can't rely on Dalvin Cook to do everything. You know, that guy's coming off of an ACL injury, you know, and, and Kirk Cousins, you know, he, I can say whatever I want to about the guy. I can say he's, he chokes. I can say he can't win primetime games. I can say he can't beat teams over 500. But the dude has an arm, and he's shown that he can he, he can sling it. And, you know, that's that's kind of why Adam Thielen, Mike Zimmer, and everybody, you know, great coach staff over there, they hold they hold Kirk Cousins to a higher expectation than they would a Case Keenum. And, you know, when you see a guy like Case Keenum get you the NFC title game, one game out of the Super Bowl, and, you know, when you see him do that, you, you, you hold Kirk Cousins to a much higher standard. And, you know, if you follow oh, yeah. Kirk Cousins in D.C., man, you know, he got – just the maximum amount of money out of us as an organization. And, you know, I thought we treated him well. I, I think the numbers that he was asking were ridiculous. But, you know, the market increases. And, you know, he's happy in Minnesota now. He's got his three-year guaranteed, you know, fully guaranteed $30 million a year contract. And like you said, over the last couple of weeks, as much as I hate to say it, dude's been performing. You know, his stats are great. Like you said, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. You know, dude's going off right now. So that's definitely not good for the Washington yeah, Redskins this one... going, coming off a short week. This is going to be a one. Of, I'll say one of the, the the truest tests for us because it's in a dome. There's no weather. There's no no excuses you can play. This is our first like actual game with the Callahan philosophy against someone other than the Dolphins. We'll see. You know, great matchups with their offense and our defense. See where the weak links really are. Um, still getting updates on Chris Thompson and Josh Norman, but on the Vikings side, Adam Thielen didn't practice today on Monday. Uh, because of that hamstring injury he he had during the game yesterday, um, Griffin D lineman uh, Everson Griffin Stud. he is questionable also with uh, his quads, and then Xavier Rhodes corner who's usually been hot but he's had a pretty bad year this year he's questionable. Um, he was a little banged up. He got eight up by Marvin oh, Jones. Oh, Marvin Jr. Jones went off, man. I don't know about fantasy team. He had like 39 points. I'm in a PPR league. Dude, I love Marvin He's Jones He's been a Jr. great, I have no idea great receiver since Cincinnati. Kind of underappreciated. I'm glad him and uh, Stafford are finding a niche over there in Detroit. I'm happy for them. We're also yeah. – fif- uh, the Vikings are also 15-point favorites, which is – oh, God. Huge. Just a gut punch to the Redskins. But honestly, I can't say like I'm against it, though. Like I'm, I'm a betting guy. I can't sit here and no, yeah, I can't, I can't, and and that's a big reason that I cannot pick us to win this game under any circumstances. I mean, Terry McLaurin, you know, even at his best, you know, hardly kept us above water against the Miami Dolphins, the worst team in the NFL. So, I mean, what other weapons? You know, Alex Smith gone, Jordan Reed gone, Trent Williams gone. 
you know, Darius Geis gone. You know, we don't even have our first overall draft pick on the field playing. I mean, what, what on paper, if you're Mike Zimmer in the Minnesota Vikings right now, what are you scheming against? You're not worried. You're just going to let your guys go out there and play mm-hmm. hard and, you know, just get the ball back, you know, make plays. Because, I mean, you got you got, you got got guys on defense like Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, like you just said, Everson Griffin, you know, and, and we're going to be missing people coming into this game. Not, not like we aren't we're, – not like we weren't already shorthanded. Like you said, Josh Norman, Chris Thompson aren't on the field. You know, Monte Nicholson's not going to be on the field. You know, we can sit here and say, oh, great play, Troy Apke. But at the end of the day, man, we're not going to be playing on wet field. Like you said, we're going to be playing in a dome. And Yeah, he's going to he's gonna have digs out there, even without Thielen. You're going to have digs. You're going to have Irv Smith, Rudolph. I mean, this is, this team's no joke. Dalvin Cook has been balling. He can catch the ball, oh, yeah, too. Man. So, yeah. All they got to do is contain our run and let Case Keenum be average and not do enough. This should and they'll win There's the game no easily. excuse for the Minnesota Vikings for this not to be just one big victory lap for them to rub in our face. They took our guy and you're like, oh, we're so much better. He's so much better off without you guys. You know, th- this should be nothing other than that. There's nothing on paper going to this game that would even remotely make me, even if I was a betting man, I, nothing, like you said, would even make me remotely consider picking the Redskins to win this game. I mean, this coming, especially no. coming off a short week, you know, we're already a poorly coached team. You know, fired our coach halfway through the season. Our Minuski's a joke. It's a, he's just playing the waiting game. And you know, honestly, I feel like we have a horrible performance against the Minnesota Vikings on defense. I feel like this could be his last game, man. I really do. You know, the Snyder and, and Bruce oh, yeah. and Doug Williams and and, and Keenum and this coach is having and players. They really, really want to win this game just for Keenum and you know for everybody just to kind of stick it to Kirk, man. But we are hardly we're hardly swinging, man. You know we're. We're on our last legs here, and we're not even, you know, we're not even near the end of the year yet. And, you know, this, this like you said, this Minnesota team, they've, everybody's got a couple, you know, not everybody's playing their best. Rhodes isn't playing his best. But, I mean, all these injuries are very minor. They're going to come in guns blazing, man. You know, home game, Thursday night football, primetime. Kirk's, you know, horrible primetime, you know, overall record. I, I don't remember the exact number, but, you know, when he was with us, you know, those were the games that he really choked up. He's, he's ready to show everybody that he's not that guy that, you know, we, we keep saying he is. Oh, yeah, he's going to want to just put it on us because of that reason. And like you said, this to me, this is Case's farewell game. Absolutely. Um, I absolutely believe after this, going into the Bills after that, um, that Haskins is absolutely going to get the start. I think that'll be announced right away after the Vikings game, probably that Monday – or not Monday, yeah, but we, Friday maybe, yeah, even Saturday. Yeah, we're both pretty, pretty much on the same page about that. This is this is Case Keenum's swan song, you know, a lot like Colt McCoy and Jake Rudin in the Patriots game. I, I feel like yeah. this is a look at the flowers, Case, you know. Thank you for your service. But, you know, it unless Case comes out and just slings it and, and you know, Terry McCorn bails him out and we – have probably one of the most improbable wins in Redskins history. I don't I don't see Case Keenum under center moving forward. Yeah. That is the only thing that I could see. But even then, like you have nothing to fall back on except no. for that win. And I mean, you know, but, it, 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 like you said, you know, we got the Buffalo Bills up next, you know. They're they're no slouches. They've only lost one game. I think they're five and one. No one cares. But um, <laughs> I, I love Josh Allen. I, you know, I like the Bills, you know. It kind of sucks they lost that close one against the Pats. You know, they're no bad team, but, you know, that that's a great first game for Dwayne to come under. You know, I mean, you know, we're getting guys back soon. You know, Callahan can kind of build some chemistry with their young core players, you know. W- w- Case Keenum cannot come out of any of this. Win, loss, or tie, he, 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 he cannot come out of any of this and say we did not give him a fair shake no. because we gave him – Case Keenum experiment has been and a it was complete long, fail. And it He's was had every out, opportunity. And, you know, unless he wins against Minnesota, I think that's a completely fitting ending. To me, losing to the Giants the way we did and him playing the way he did showed me that this against against a, was it gets a fail. very it was just a matter of time. Giants defense, you know, you know, for him to have a poor performance against Chicago Bears defense is completely understandable. You know, that's a those are you know the modern day clone of the '85 Bears. Great defense. So, Speaking of this game, uh, what are, what's your honest prediction? I know you you're definitely not picking the Redskins, neither am I. So, what, what do you think? The, what do you think the over under on it's going to be? Um, not just over under, but I mean score well, prediction. What, what's your score? For me, I'm going to say Vikings. Uh, man, I'm going to say I'm leaning towards like 28 to 10, or even like 35 10. Um, I'll go twenty, and I, I can completely see that. I think I that the only thing, the only reason I'm even going to give the Redskins over ten points in this is because I feel like Terry McLaurin is going to come out and they're going to they're, they're going to lean a lot on Terry, man. I mean, and, and another factor in this game that people aren't really talking about, man. I know Adrian Peterson's hopped around a lot in the league ever since he left Minnesota, but this is a this is a game Adrian Peterson wants to win too, man. I mean, he's coming back, you know. 
Well, speaking speaking of AP, he had an MRI this morning. Um, that's kind of like developing now. John Kimes kind of talking about it. We have not gotten results back yet, but his ankle uh, seems to be something wrong with it. But he had MRI Monday morning, this morning, and uh, we're just waiting on the results to come back. So short week. That's not. Yeah, good. we're recording on a on a Monday, guys. I mean, you know, it feels like the game's tomorrow already. So you can only imagine how the Redskins are trying to plan to beat this just completely stacked Minnesota yeah. team. My prediction. No, short yeah, my prediction sure. is probably yeah. 31-21 Vikings. I think I think Terry and them are going to – I okay. think they're going to rally late and, and try to make this close, but I think Minnesota's going to run the rock with Dalvin Cook, stick to their guns, and just try to leave the field with the W, and I think they're going to pull it out. So, so yeah, we'll keep an eye on the Adrian Peterson uh, story to see how his ankle looks. Uh, Monte Nicholson happens. probably not going to play either, so that's another thing we should keep our eyes on. But Yeah, so like I said, short week, got a couple injuries. Don't know who's going to come back yet. Josh Norman, Chris Thompson also. Uh, but just follow our Twitter at Berg underscore breakdown to see the latest on the injuries. You can follow my personal account at Josh Taylor underscore 21. And you can go ahead and follow Parker at Parker Hamlet. Yep. <laughs> this has been the Burgundy breakdown. Uh, if y'all have anything, y'all go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. We love talking to y'all. Y'all have been going crazy. Yeah, lately. man. And, and Josh killed it on the 49er. Uh, podcast he was on you know sounded great you know proud of him appreciate glad, it, glad, glad the guys are reaching out to him and you know other people want to be on their pods you know we're, we're kind of we got kind of a pecking order and a, and a waiting list right now what we're going to get done with all that but if you guys want are interested in you know doing any work with us you know you can hit up me and josh in the dms you know i wasn't available for this one but you know josh was and he's more than willing to work with any of you guys and you know we, we just want to talk to everybody man doesn't matter whether you're a redskins fan 49ers fan doesn't matter we're more than willing to talk to all you guys and you know we we just want to talk football Ball, man that's all we're doing this for and you know we just actually got our first shirts in the mail and uh, dude they're, they're sick yep. man we're, we're working on some more stuff for the page you know we, we like how everything's falling out man you know season's been garbage but it's definitely been the start of something great for us so we're, we're yeah, very we grateful got, we got a new logo me and parker are both loving it let us know what y'all think of it we'll probably do some shirts with that too uh i think it's fire dude i love it oh yeah we reached out to somebody who's who does it for a living and they, they've absolutely they, they killed kill it, man we can't wait to print out some of that stuff too so yeah. Appreciate you guys listening, man. Uh, very grim season. I think the weather was very uh, representative of how the season's gone so far. And I feel like I say this at the end of every episode, man. But, you know, thank you guys so much for listening, man. This has been the Burgundy Breakdown Podcast. Yep. This has been the Breakdown HTTR. I had to take a quick halftime break to tell you all a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It is absolutely free, and they give you the creation tools that you need that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum on listenership, and is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app like I did, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the second half of the episode. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.